0: You are jamming with Jason Mefford, where you hear inspiring interviews with some amazing people. Some are famous, some may seem ordinary, and they are all doing extraordinary things to positively change the world. Sometimes it's just you and me having an intimate and authentic conversation about how you can change the world around you and rewrite the story of your life by being more authentic, accepting and loving yourself more and spreading love to others since really all you need is love and what the world needs now is love sweet love we discuss all aspects of self-improvement growth and so much more great content insightful advice that's practical and helpful to anyone that listens you're always eager to come back for more and share with your friends and family since you learn something in every episode. So sit back and enjoy the easy listening while you feel seen and heard in this informative, authentic, and entertaining podcast. Now, let's roll that beautiful podcast footage. Hey everybody, I was, uh, I was recording a podcast episode this morning. Uh, with Kathy Groover for the Fire and Earth podcast, and we ended up talking about money. And it got me thinking, got me inspired, and so I decided to come on here and do a live video about money. Uh, And uh, today I'm going to ask a lot of questions. I may not give you a lot of answers because I don't even have the answers myself yet, right? So, But some things to kind of think about, especially as it comes to how we're doing business and our relationship with money okay and so like i said i'm gonna i'm gonna pose some questions i'm gonna talk about a few things and uh, and share with you some of the ways that i'm actually starting to do things a little bit different um, and some philosophies that i've kind of come up with because for example i think the people who need discounts should get discounts uh, the people who don't really need them don't really need them And it's really gotten me thinking a lot about kind of the consumerism that we have, um, how we're actually doing business. And maybe it's time for us to do business a little bit differently. Maybe it's time for us to actually uh, change our relationship that we have with money. Okay, and the reason for that is most of us, money is a big deal in our life. And we spend a lot of our day working to earn money so that we can live. And we work, we struggle, we fight (laughs) to earn that money. And then often we end up giving it away very easily. And so again, maybe in this video or another one, I'll talk a little bit about the difference between being wealthy and being rich, uh, because there's a big difference there. Okay. Uh, But I wanted to kind of come on and, and talk a little bit about it, because I think as we start changing our relationship with money changing the way we think about money uh for both you know receiving it from a business perspective especially if you're a business owner maybe how you're charging people and i'll talk a little bit about that because i've kind of changed how i have done uh some of that stuff this last year um and and just you know try to get it so that money isn't the whole reason for our existence, because for so many people, it seems like that. And we have so many money pressures, uh, you know, because of the way that we're living and because of the relationship that we have with money. Okay. And so, so let me, let me, uh, again, this is recorded live. So here we go. Right. And if you're on with me live while I'm recording, if you want to, uh, uh, ask questions or put any comments in. I'll, I'll kind of be checking the comments as we're going through this as well. Okay. So so what kind of came up, you know, today in this recording that I did with Kathy, and again, I'm not going to give away uh, everything. You'll have to watch the episode when it comes out. Um, but she was she was sharing an experience about a chiropractor that she went to and at the time she wasn't making very much money. And so the chiropractor didn't charge her hardly anything. And, you know, it got me re- remembering, I've heard some things about, uh, you know, some businesses that have tried to do things like pay what you can, okay, pay what you can, which looks like this. I've, I've seen the, the example of restaurants, for example, somebody comes in uh, to a restaurant, they order something and there's no prices on the menu. And so, you know, you go in and and you, you know, get what you want on the menu and then you get up to the register and they're like, "Okay, pay what you can." Right? Pay pay what you can. And so, you know, people that have more money and maybe are used to spending $20 for lunch, I'm just throwing numbers out there. Uh they get, you know, what they feel is maybe $20 worth of of of, of food. Or maybe it's only $10 or $15, but they choose to pay $20 or $40 anyway because they have the money. And it's not a big deal for them to do that. And in those places, the people that have money are paying more, but it's helping to subsidize for the people who don't. Because in that same restaurant, somebody could walk in later who is homeless, let's say, and they're just really hungry and they don't have any money. Or maybe they only have a dollar or two in their pocket. And so when they get up, you know, maybe again, they've got the same amount of food as somebody else, uh, but they only pay two dollars because that's all they have. But it's also a greater percentage of you know what they actually have at the time uh, than the other person. And that this concept has always kind of fascinated me, uh, you know, because you know again, if if kind of thinking in the in the bigger altruistic standpoint, wouldn't it be lovely if we could have a world like that where people paid what they could afford uh, instead of, you know, sometimes paying more? Because the honest, the honest truth is, uh, you know, a lot of the lower paid people are paying pretty much everything they have just to survive. And I think there's different ways that we can, that we can do business uh, when we change our view of money. But in order for a lot of that stuff to work, people have to change their relationship with money, right? So again, I'm just pretending here. I'm doing hypothetical. But let's say I'm, I'm somebody who makes five hundred thousand dollars a year. I'm very well paid, and I go into one of these restaurants. Maybe I should pay a dollars for my lunch. A hundred dollars is nothing to me, but it's everything for that homeless person to maybe pull out the $2, right? So what if we could change how we do business so that the people who really need discounts can get discounts as an example, okay? And so I'm I'm kind of explaining and talking about this first, and then let's get into talking a little bit about the relationship with money later. So, uh, you know, I was talking with a a friend uh, actually today who has uh, rental properties as as one of their businesses okay and uh they had a uh, a renter who's been in this house for many 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 years you know 8 10 years something like that it's been a good renter yeah every so often they might be a little slow in paying but um you know they've paid their rent pretty much every month and this person came to my friend and said you know Uh, in December, you know, hey, we're having some financial troubles. We're not going to really be able to make the rent uh, in December. Is that going to be okay? And so this person said, yeah, you know, it's okay. If you can't make your payment this month or in in January, that's okay. Let's get started again in February. And so again, as I was talking to to my friend about this, it's like, you know, he kind of considered it as, hey, this has been a long-term renter You know, somebody who has done a very good, you know, has been very good to me in paying their rent on time, and it's, I don't really need the money, and so he kind of thought of it as kind of a Christmas gift to this person, right, of, hey, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take the money these two months, it's okay, right, continue to start paying your rent in February, everything's okay, that'll give you a little bit of breathing room, right? Now, again, because this person is self-employed, they have the opportunity to be able to do that. Uh, But to me, it kind of is along this same line, right, of giving help to people who need the help, right? This renter needed some help in December and January, and my friend was willing to give it to them. Now, most of the time when we think about money, it's like, no, damn it, that money is mine. And most people would say, well, I'm sorry, if you can't pay your rent, then you're going to be kicked out. You're going to be on the street. I got to find somebody else. Now, and again, if this renter does this for several, several months in a row, okay, then it's probably time to kick him out. But isn't it wonderful that this person could help someone else uh, by doing that? So uh, you know, an example from my life, right? I I have different businesses that I run that I own. Uh, one of them is a training company. And so we we sell uh, trainings to people all over the world. And, um, you know, in the past, what we've done is, you know, we have certain prices and we set all of our prices based on U.S. dollars because that's where we live, right? I, I got to pay my people that help me. In U.S. dollars, I've got to pay U.S. dollars when I go to the grocery store. And so my prices are in U.S. dollars. But I also know that there's people all over the world, right, who get these services. And U.S. dollars are expensive for them. And so in the past, what we've done is, you know, we have kind of our standard pricing for the, for the trainings. And then every so often, we would offer discounts. You know, for the next week, you can save 25% or you can save 50% or whatever on these different courses. And we would have a lot of people sign up at that, at that point in time. And I, I got to thinking again, because uh, that's what I do. I, I think and I ask questions uh, for a living, right? And um, so it got me thinking and and thinking about some of the different people who were serving in that business. And I'll give you an example, right? We have we have some people earning maybe hundred, a hundred and fifty, maybe two hundred thousand dollars a year in uh, working in the U.S. And so, for somebody who's earning hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, for them to pay a hundred dollars for a course, or even $1,000 or two thousand dollars for a course, is not really that much, right, in comparison of of what they make in total. Now, if you compare that with somebody let's say who lives in India or Africa, who maybe is only earning the equivalent of 15 to 20,000 a year, uh, giving that person a discount is a much uh, bigger impact right for them. And so as I got to thinking about it and, and decided, you know what? I don't want to give discounts to everybody because a lot of people don't need it. A lot of people, their companies are reimbursing them or paying for the courses. Those people probably don't need the discounts. But the people who are living in Africa and only earning $10,000 a year, I'd like to help those people because those people need help, right? And so I've kind of changed how I do it now to where people that are in developing countries, uh, people who work in uh governments because a lot of times governments don't have as much money and they pay their employees less uh, than corporations do Um, those people you know when they reach out i give them a discount right because i want to help the people who need help and it got me thinking you know again just based on what i'm doing and and kind of seeing some of these other things wouldn't it be wonderful if we could change the way we do business to really have some sort of sliding scale. I don't know exactly what it is, uh, but some way of being able to help people who need the help. And the people who don't really need the help to not, you know, they don't need the help. So let's let's focus on helping the people who actually need the help. And I don't have all the answers for it. Like I said, I'm still trying to learn and going through this. But what I will tell you is, some of the people that I've offered those discounts for, they've actually used them, right? And so to me, I see it as a way that I, as a business owner, can be like my friend and help the people who actually need the help. Okay, so that's, that's one part and one thing to kind of bring out of, well, can we do business differently, and again, so think about how you do business, especially if you're a business owner or if you're an executive in a, in a corporation. Are there ways that you can do business differently uh, that don't follow the normal economic model, but actually make a big impact in the world? Right. Because, because that's that's what I, I I hope we would start doing, right? So so let's think of it, let's talk about money in general now and a little bit about kind of your relationship with money because a lot of times you know until we can change how we view money a lot of people and and even people that are watching this video a lot of them are going to be like oh jason you're full of shit, right you know those people should pay me and they should pay me what i'm worth and and you know everybody should pay the same amount well is that really what needs to be or is that just something you believe because that's what you've been taught based on maybe the capitalistic market that you live in, i.e. America, right? America! And I would I would say maybe we need to start questioning some of those things and some of the ways in which we run our economy, in the way we pay people, uh, in what we charge for certain things, Um and, you know, there, there's some examples of this in different places. For example, some states don't charge sales tax on food, right? Because food is a basic necessity. And so they don't charge sales tax on food. That's, that's kind of along this vein, right? And, and that helps these people uh, who need the help the most uh, by not, you know, increasing their food bill by 5 or 10%, depending on where you live right, for the sales tax side of it, and, and, you know, what I'll, what I'll tell you, because Brad Miller just put a, put a comment in here, um, where he says, this is a message I'm working to spread to lawyers, quote, making lots of money is great, but in the end, all be all, happiness is much more important, right, and, and it is, and when money consumes your life, When you're so worried about, and most of your day is tied up in making money and spending money, it's a miserable place to be because there's a lot of added pressure uh, that gets put on you. Uh, In fact, you know, money issues are one of the top reasons for divorce. It's one of the biggest reasons of of marital discord, you know, between spouses or partners as well. What if we can start changing that? how would your life be better you know if you could start looking at it different because it's not all about making money and in fact i'll tell you when i was when i was a young man i worked i worked for this man who he didn't make very much money okay if you looked at his tax return uh and and i knew because i was kind of an assistant manager i knew how much he was taking out of his business every month and it was not very much okay but his lifestyle, right, the lifestyle that he had was as if he was earning. He had a better lifestyle than people that were earning five or six times more than what he was earning. Now, the difference was he didn't, he didn't have any debt, right? He was frugal in what he spent. And I remember, I mean, this is one of the things that has stuck with me my whole life, that he, he told to me, and I'm still learning it, He said, you know, Jason, it doesn't matter how much you make. What matters is how much you spend. Okay, so I'm going to say that again. Jason, it doesn't matter how much you make. It matters how much you spend. Okay, and again, I kind of understood that. But as I get older and older, I'm understanding it even more. Right, so... I know people who make millions of dollars a year. They spend millions of dollars a year. Some of them spend more than they make, right? If you spend more than you make, you're going to have money trouble, <laughs> okay? So, um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about, about that, okay? And And to just get very basic, right? Money by itself has no value absolutely no value okay and again people are going to be like oh jason you don't understand no fiat currency money has no value its intrinsic value is in what it allows you to exchange with others okay and we have money in our societies so that you know i can do my work and i can go down to the grocery store and i can buy groceries Because I can't walk into my local grocery store and say, I'll tell you what, I'll give you an hour of consulting uh, for this bag of groceries. Because they're going to be like, well, I can't accept that, right? And so instead, I have to pull out money, my credit card, cash, something that is a fungible good in U.S. dollars to pay for it, right? And so U.S. dollars in the U.S.A., right? It has value because I can, I can exchange that hundred dollars for a hundred dollars worth of goods. Right. But if I walked into my grocery store and I went to pay and I pulled out British pounds, the British pound doesn't do me any good in my local grocery store because they can't accept it. Right. And so, you know, again, that's where money by itself does not have value other than the intrinsic value and is as a medium of exchange right for me to be able to take what i do right i make courses i do coaching i do different things right i do webinars all different kinds of things people pay me money for my work then i can use some of that money to go buy my groceries or buy pay my utility bill right all those different things and so, you know, when we, when we first kind of stop and realize that money doesn't have intrinsic value, uh, you know, that starts to change. It's not an end-all, be-all, right? You can't eat money. You can't eat a bar of gold, <laughs> right? Um, and so if we start thinking about it a little different. And, and the whole purpose of us being on this earth is not to make money right how much money you make how little money you make has nothing to do with why you are here okay from a bigger cosmic spiritual nature it has nothing to do with why you were here so don't let money rule your life right the minute you let money rule your life you go down the rabbit hole and that's a bad place to be okay because then it becomes all-consuming I have to make more, 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 I have to make more. The problem is the more money you make, the more money you spend in your net net in the same situation. Okay. And I, I mentioned at the beginning, the difference between being rich and being wealthy. So here's the difference. Riches is money. It's accumulating money. Okay. But if that money goes out just as fast or faster than you're making it, You're not really stable. You're not wealthy, okay? Because wealth is more about making it so that we are adapting and using our wealth appropriately in ways that actually provides us that stability, that comfort, that ease, right? So that we're not worried about how am I going to make the rent next month? how am i going to pay for 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 my kid's medical bill right wealth when you actually have wealth you have more than you need and you always have more than you need now somebody earning twenty thousand dollars a year can be wealthy okay and and again a lot of you are going to be like no twenty thousand dollars a year that's poverty what are you talking about well they're not rich They don't have lots of money, but if what it takes for them to live is less than $20,000 a year and they're, they're saving and, and, you know, they can get by fine on that amount of money. They're actually wealthy. They're actually in a state that's better off than the person who's earning $2 million a year, but spends $2.5 million a year. Every year they're going into debt more and more and more and more and more. And that means more pressure, more pressure, more pressure to earn more, more pressure to earn more, right? To keep up appearances and all these different things. In fact, you know, a lot of you, if you look around and you see people who you think are rich, uh, they're not, okay? They drive an expensive car. They might live in a mansion, but they're up the wazoo in debt, which means they don't own it. The bank owns it. And the minute they stop paying, the bank is going to take it back. Okay. So for, as an example, right? The, the first time that I got to a point where I owned my car outright, I didn't have debt on it anymore. I didn't have to make a car payment every month. The amount of <sighs> that I got from that was wonderful. Right, that's the feeling you get when you become wealthy. Your money isn't going out as fast as it's coming in, right? Uh, and, and I and I knew that I could drive that car for a long time, and never actually have to do that. Maybe I'll talk more about uh, wealth probably in the future, but I know I am talky, 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 talky. So I'm gonna try to, to try to wrap this up a little bit. But you know, what if we can start changing how we view money? And that getting money is not the end, right? It's not the reason why we're here. It's not, it has nothing to do with how valuable you are as a person. It has nothing to do with how valuable you are to society either, right? Because again, that's, that's a lie that we've been told. We, we, we are told that if you earn more money, you must be more valuable to, a, to the economy. That's not true okay uh because again just just look at here's a simple example right how much do teachers make but how much value do teachers provide to our society okay huge huge in fact i would say you know one teacher has a far greater impact than the ceo of a big company who's earning 100 million dollars a year okay What you make is not the value that you're providing either. What if we can start decoupling that? What if we can stop just chasing after the money? I'll tell you, as I've started doing this in my life, and again, I'm getting older. I got gray. It's not even gray. It's white. (laughs) Okay. I, I got white hair now. Okay. But as I have for the last few years really started to change my view of money I will tell you, I make a lot less money now than I did when I was a corporate executive. But guess what? I have a lot more peace in my life. Because as I continue to make more money, I spent more money, right? I mean, there was a time in my life where I had almost $2,000 just in car payments each month, right? So that means I have to earn $2,000 just to pay for my cars. so they're going to take them away that starts to be a lot of pressure, right? What if you can remove some of that pressure? What if you can change how you consume, right? And I'm going to talk a lot more about this in the future, okay? Because this is something that really is starting to bubble up to me, both from an environmentally conscious standpoint, but also from a wealth standpoint for people, is think about how you are consuming. And you get barraged. I mean, we just had the Super Bowl and I I love watching the commercials. But again, the commercials are lies. They're telling you that you have to buy this beer to, to, to feel good and have friends. You know, you have to do this or you have to buy this product in order to look sexy. Okay, and that's not true. They're lies to get you to buy products that you actually don't need. Most of the products that are out there, you don't need. And I'm just going to give you a simple example today. And I'm going to give you a couple of quick tips too on maybe how you can start asking yourself some questions and change how you consume as well. Because the more we consume, right, the more of a strain it puts on the earth and the natural resources, and depending on what products or things that you're actually consuming, indirectly, you're actually one of the causes of a lot of the environmental climate issues that we have today. Okay. And I'll get more into that later. I'm not going to talk about all that today. Believe me, don't believe me. It's fine. But I can, I can show you and I can walk you down the path on how that is true. But let's think about this. Okay. Because <clears throat> this was an example that came up today when I was when I was doing that podcast recording is um, we have been told that you need to take a shower every day and you got to wash your hair every day. Now, who tells us that the people who sell shampoo? OK, and so uh, there's a lot of tricks in the marketing but but effectively, it is, is, has been telling people for a long time, oh, you can't have greasy hair, right? You can't have greasy hair. you got to wash your hair every day. In fact, there's some of the shampoo companies that put rinse and repeat on the bottle to encourage people to wash their hair once in the shower, rinse it off, and then wash it again. Now, that's great from a business perspective, because guess what? If you believe that, now you're buying twice as much shampoo from me as you used to be, okay? Now, don't get me wrong. We need to shower. We need to bathe. Do you need to wash your hair every day? No. (laughs) Okay? And again, believe me, don't believe me, but here's here's the point in fact, okay? Look at how many people are going bald today. And I'm not bald, okay? In fact, I'm growing my hair out a little bit, woo, right? But most people thought I was bald. I wasn't bald. I was just cutting my hair very short because I could. And I liked it at the time, uh, but it wasn't because I was losing my hair. But look at your own head. Look at how many, you know, even, even women are losing their hair in their 20s and 30s their hair is is damaged it's thin it's falling out uh you know because most of the time we think of balding as a man issue it's not a man issue anymore and like i said don't believe me but look around look at the people that you know look at yourself people's hair is falling out now why is their hair falling out because they're shampooing their hair every day That is one of the big reasons. That's one of the things that has changed that is leading to this. Now, again, believe me, don't believe me, I don't care, right? But I have a picture of my great-grandfather who had this huge flowy mop of hair, okay? And he was old in that picture. He was probably in his 70s or 80s in that picture. Why did my great-grandfather have such a huge mop of hair? Because he wasn't buying shampoo and washing his hair every day. Now, that's just one simple example, and I'll talk about more. But do you really need to wash your hair every day? Well, if you only wash, if you stopped and you only wash your hair every other day, guess what? Here's where math comes in, okay? And I'm a CPA, so I know some math, right? If you only wash your hair every other day, you just saved yourself 50% on your shampoo costs. You just saved 50%. What if you only do it every third day? Now you've saved yourself 67% on your cost. And so again, you might say, oh, Jason, that's just so silly. I don't spend that much money on shampoo. Well, you might be surprised how much you actually do spend. And what if just from that one decision, all of a sudden you started having an extra $20 a month? that's how you're going to start being able to build wealth, right? Think about a little bit more from a consumer standpoint. Do I really need that or do I just want it, right? Because, and again, I'm, I'm using me as an example, okay? Um, I have, when I moved last year, I got rid of a lot of clothes, a lot of clothes, okay? Um, I got rid of a lot of stuff too, right? And anytime that you move, especially across country, you realize how much you've accumulated over time because we just buy things all the time, right? And so that money that you have fought for, that you've worked really hard to get, we give it away much easier than it takes us to earn it, right? And that's one of the things, again, I'll talk more about kind of with the relationship of money. But if you let money go so easily, but you have to fight so hard to get it, then there's an imbalance in how you're actually looking at your money, right? But let's go back to the clothes, okay? I said I got rid of a lot of clothes. And and the honest truth is, guess what? I only have two feet, which means I can only wear one pair of shoes at a time. I only have one body, right? Right. I can only wear, well, I say that now I'm bundled up today, right? So I'm wearing a couple of tops because it's colder in my office right now. But I can't wear 15 shirts at the same time. And again, I'm not saying don't buy the shirts. But what I'm saying is I know for myself, I still have clothes hanging in the closet with the brand new price tag on that I've never worn, okay? And that has really started to hit me as I've gotten older, right? Is, do I really need that new whatever? Do I really need another pair of shoes? I'm wearing the same shoes every day. I wear the same shoes every day. I've got an extra set of shoes for when these go out. Do I really need to buy new shoes? Probably not, right? Until I wear out my shoes i don't need it but i'm a simple guy right i'm a simple guy i wear pretty much the same stuff every day those of you that watch my videos some of you are probably chuckling like oh jason's there again he's wearing the same thing does the guy ever shower does he ever change his clothes well i do (laughs) okay but i tend to wear the same clothes over and over again if you stop right and and think again about um all of the things that we're consuming do we really need as much as what we're consuming the answer is no okay and one simple example and one thing that i'm starting to do is think how people lived before we really got into this age of of consumerism and the age of consumerism really 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 started after the second world war but it started kind of at the turn of the century okay with the roaring 20s and the excesses in the 20s then we had the depression then we had the war people came back home they had money companies started making new things coming out with new products and we've we've been marketed to differently after the second world war to where we believe that we need all of these things that we that we need to buy right because we we get advertised up the wazing about all the things that you have to have right and it reminds me of the stone song satisfaction right where if if you listen to that song and, and again that song was done probably in 64 but go back and listen to that song right well he can't be a man cuz he doesn't smoke the same cigarettes as me right even back then uh oh well you must not be a real man because you don't smoke the kind of cigarettes that I do. And I'm a man because I've been told that these are the kinds of cigarettes that I need to smoke if I'm going to be a real man. Right. Because and that goes back to Marlboro, the, the Marlboro man and the real, you know, r- rustic kind of man. You know, you're not a real man unless you smoke Marlboros. Right. Well, that's not true. It was just their way of trying to get you to buy Marlboro cigarettes right so if you like Marlboro smart smoke them fine if you don't smoke something else right um, <laughs> but anyway this video is not encouraging you to smoke so let me put that uh, out there but if you choose to then do right it's fine it's fine it's your choice do what you want to do but can we start thinking about some little things that you're doing in your life right because Again, you might sit there and say, Jason, you know, only washing my hair every second day or third day. How does that have anything to do with this? Well, because if you're saving a little bit of money, you don't have as much financial pressure as if you're spending that much. And so what areas in your life can you start doing this and making some small changes that will actually give you some more breathing room? uh, allow you to save more money, allow you to, to start having a wealthy mindset. And again, wealthy is not rich necessarily. Okay. You can be very wealthy in this country, even the United States of America, you can be very, very wealthy. If you only earn a hundred thousand dollars a year, if you're only spending 50,000 a year. Right. And again, some people would be like, well, how, how can you do that? Well, there's certain things that you're paying for that you probably don't need to pay for, right? But you're told that you need to pay for them. Do you need to buy that extra set of clothes, right? Again, let's go back 100 or 150 years ago. How many clothes did people have? Families literally moved their whole house in like suitcases, okay? Everybody only had enough clothes to put in the suitcase. You know, maybe you had four or five different outfits, one for going to church, uh, maybe a couple, you know, two or three that were your work clothes, especially if you were in kind of a blue collar uh, work and and maybe one for going out on the town. Right. If you're if it's a special occasion. And so people for a long time have only had a few sets of clothes. Do we really need as many clothes as we have? Now, some of you are going to be like, oh, yes, I have to have it. Well, okay, fine, right? But are there some other areas in your life where you might be able to do things a little bit different and change, right, your relationship with money, change how you're consuming as well, right? Some other examples, right? Do you need to flush the toilet as often as you do? (laughs) You know, if you're just doing number one, You probably don't have to flush the toilet every time. Now, what if you only flush the toilet half as much as you did before? Guess what? Here comes the math again. You spend 50% less on water than you did before, right? And so, you know, again, there's little things. And for everybody, it's going to be something different. But if you look around, most of the people selling you things are lying to you. Okay. Because they want to take your money from you and you worked really hard for it. Right now on the flip side too. Right. Uh, in, in ways of doing business, I talked a little bit about this. <laughs> Brad says my wife would disagree about the toilet. Okay. Well, that's fine. You guys take that up. Right. It's uh, it's, it, you know, I'm just using examples. Right. Well, same thing. So here, here's another one of the lies that's out there. Right is, um, you know, if you drive your car, right, well, how how often are you supposed to change the oil in your car? Well, the oil companies have done a very good job of telling people that you need to change the oil in your car every 3,000 miles or three months. Why? Because they want you to buy oil. But don't believe me, but go out into your car, pull out your owner's manual and read how often the manufacturer suggests that you change the oil. And for most people, it's 7,500 to 10,000 miles, not 3,000. Right. So there's another simple example of hey, if you only get your oil changed in your car every 7,500 or 10,000 miles, guess what? You just saved yourself again 67 or 75% of what you would normally spend. Now, again, you know, standard oil change. I don't know what they're at now, Um, you know, but let's say it's 40 or $50, right? Well, if you're only doing one a year instead of four a year, you just save yourself 150 bucks, right? And again, it doesn't seem like a lot, but how could $150 kind of relieve some of the stress that you have uh, from a money perspective? If you had an extra 150 bucks in your pocket now you might say, oh, it's not that much money but I guarantee you if I walked up to you and said, Hey, I've got 150 bucks. Well, you like it. You're going to take it. Right. You wouldn't be like, Oh no, that's not enough money. Jason. You just keep, you just keep that money. If you give me a thousand dollars, I'll take it, but I won't take 150. Of course you're going to take the 150, right? So where can you start doing that in your lives as well? So anyway, I've kind of rambled a little bit today, but I kind of wanted to kick off because, um, as you can tell, I'm a little bit passionate about some of this stuff, and I think I'm going to start um, talking more and more about it. Um, and uh, we just had a comment come through here too, Paul. Paul Myers, you know, imagine the money we would all save if we didn't go to Tim Hortons or Starbucks or even eating out as often as we all do. Restaurants are getting rich while we're all going broke. Absolutely, Paul. And I will tell you something: I used to work for food companies. Okay. Um, And one thing I've changed in my life is I don't go out to eat much anymore Um, because, you know, not even just for the idea of, you know, making the restaurants rich. And again, if it's a mom and pop, you know, I'm 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 better with that than if it's like a national chain, because I know that a lot of the national chains don't pay their employees very well. They don't treat them very well. Uh, And they're kind of gouging you. And again, it's the same thing. Like if you go to Starbucks every day and you pay $8 uh, for a, a thing of coffee every day, you know, if you get the big whatever, all the fancy shit that goes in it, you're probably paying, you know, six, eight bucks a day. Well, I have a little Nespresso machine here at home. I can make espresso if I want to. I can make coffee if I want to. And it costs me about a buck per cup. OK, so that's a huge difference. Right now, again, I have to make the coffee, but I also don't waste the time going out, uh, waste gas driving to it either. Right. So, again, that that could be another thing that you do. But but for me, on the eating standpoint, uh, one of the reasons why I don't go out to eat hardly at all, unless it is in in fact, probably in the last five months, I've only gone out to eat two or maybe three times. OK, Um and and the bigger reason for me is i don't know where the food is coming from and i don't know the energy that is in the back of the kitchen that's actually making the food and i know we have food safety laws and all these different things right but it's more than just that it's also the energy imagine if somebody in the back in the back of the restaurant is yelling and screaming and having a bad day and angry and they're making you your food some of that energy goes in your food so you're not just eating what you think is food but you're also kind of picking up on some of that negative energy as well now um what we're told is food and what is actually food that's a topic for another day (laughs) okay but what i will tell you is this most of the food uh that you buy in the grocery store if it comes in a can or a box most of the food that you eat in restaurants is dead food. It has been killed uh, in order to get it to that point. And, and most of it is not organic, fresh. It's you don't know what's gone into it as well from a fertilizer and chemical standpoint. Um, and so I prefer to control more of the food source that I have. So I usually buy organic Uh, fresh as much as possible, and, uh, and, you know, the way we cook in my house, uh, we actually have gourmet meals every single night, okay, that I know is better quality food, but guess what? It's also cheaper. I pay way less in food costs than I would if I were to go out and try to get a similar meal, which you can't actually get like that, Uh, in in a restaurant so you know again maybe that's another area for you to think about Um, you know soda is another one right do you really need to drink soda if you want caffeine there's different ways to get it right Uh, but anyway i know i've kind of talked a long time today and there's more to come but just to kind of wrap up you know can we can we start to do business differently Um, Can we start to change some of the economic models that we have? Can we start to change our relationship with money? Uh, Because once we do that and once we get to a point, um, our lives can be totally different. I mean, again, I am much more, much more relaxed, much more calm. I don't feel the stress as much as I used to as I did when I was a young father who had, you know, four mouths to feed and was working long hours in the corporation, but I was also spending everything I was making. Right. So anyway, just some, some questions to throw out there, some thoughts for you. Um, There's more to come again, comment below if you want to, but uh, uh, thanks everybody for listening through to the end and uh, we'll see you on the next live video. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. The fact that you listened to this entire episode means you got value and others will too. Do me a favor and leave a five-star review with comments and then share with others. You can also check out all of my videos on my YouTube channel and my website, jasonmefford.com. This podcast is primarily for education and commentary and does not represent professional advice. Views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.